Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We've got to put ourselves under the authority of God's Word and subject ourselves to it and with the determination on our part that we're going to not just read it to figure out intellectually what it says, but in order to apply it to our situation. And as we do that, that's where progress is made. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Hebrews. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, in a message titled, Keeping Your Spiritual Senses Sharp. Now, here's Pastor Brian. I know certain people who are very sharp mentally, and at any given moment, they could rattle off, you know, 10 scriptures and quote them perfectly and even give you chapter and verse. And you look at that and think, wow, that's amazing. That is, oh gosh, I wish I was like that. And man, that person must be so spiritual and that person must be so godly and that that person must be so mature. Well, listen, not necessarily. You see, that's the sign of a good sharp mind and that's a good thing. I'm, I'm not putting that down. I'm envious of the people who have that kind of sharpness. But that's not all we're talking about. We're talking about not simply knowing, but we're talking about doing it as well. And that's what God expects from us, that we not only know God's word, but we do God's word. So on the other hand, I've known and I do know people who don't have that same kind of intellectual sharpness necessarily. They can't rattle off all those scriptures perfectly to you. They might have two or three that they've committed to memory and then they kind of stammer through them when they try to repeat them. But they've taken those truths and they've applied them so deeply to their lives. You see the transformation has taken place and that's what God's really looking for. So this is what God expects that we progress spiritually and that spiritual progress is linked to knowing and doing God's word. So of course we can't do it if we don't know it, right? So we have the the commitment and the obligation to learn it, but with the intent of applying it to our lives. There's a stage that sometimes we go through you know, many Christians have gone through this stage. I think I probably did as well, where you, you get a bunch of knowledge, but it doesn't translate into your life. It doesn't result in transformation. It doesn't produce a deep humility. So you get a bunch of biblical knowledge and you're all proud about that. And, and there's something Paul even tells us in, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, he says, knowledge puffs up. There's, there's a tendency for knowledge to puff up, isn't there? You know, when you get to a place where you know more than other people about anything, really, you know, you can apply this across the board. Somebody thinks they know better than any, somebody else, then generally they get lifted up with pride over that. And that happens as well with the Christian experience. And over the years, I have seen many you know, many people who, like I said, you know, they, they've got a ton of knowledge, but they've got a ton of arrogance to go with it. 
And those two things don't really work that well together when we're talking about you know, being more and more like Jesus. So knowing and doing. But then thirdly, spiritual progress is seen as or seen in an increasing ability to distinguish between good and evil and to choose the good. That's the idea here. Not just the ability to recognize good and evil, but to know the difference between good and evil and then to choose the good. So these are the three things. God expects us to make spiritual progress. Spiritual progress is linked to knowing and doing God's word. Uh, Spiritual progress is evidenced in an increasing ability to distinguish between good and evil, right and wrong, and do the good. So what's the problem? What was the problem here? The problem here was that they were not making progress because they had become dull of hearing. And this is the same problem that we face today. We can become dull of hearing. Our spiritual senses can be dulled. Now, in their case, because the question I want to address here is, well, how does that happen? How does one go from, you know, a, a spiritual sharpness? How does, how does one, you know, regress to, to a state of being dull spiritually? Well, in their case, it happened as a result of moving from relationship to ritual. It was a matter of the heart. Because if you looked at these people from the outside, you wouldn't necessarily see that there was any, anything that was real different. Because in the context here, remember, these are Jews. And so their, their big temptation is not to go do the kinds of things Gentiles did. It wasn't like they were going to go out and fornicate and commit adultery and get engaged in sexual immorality. It wasn't like they were going to go down and begin to worship at the temple of Diana or the temple of Jupiter or or something like that. It wasn't that they were going to go out and get caught up in the, the grosser, more obvious kinds of sins that the Gentiles engaged in. What they were going to do is just go back and reconnect with the ritual of the temple and the priesthood and all of that. But in doing that, they were trading ritual. And, and in a sense, we, we use this distinction sometimes, you know, the difference between religion and relationship. They were becoming maybe even more devoted to religion, but at the same time, they were moving away from the relationship. And this is where we also have to be careful because like I said, becoming dull of hearing starts in the heart. So you might continue to do the ritual, the religious thing that you've always done, attend church so many times a week and go through a, you know, some sort of a prayer group or, or, or something you know, that, that looks outwardly spiritual. You're still engaged in those things, but your heart has long since moved away from the the intimacy that you once knew with the Lord. That's how spiritual dullness sets in. Jesus told a parable about the impact of God's word, and we commonly refer to it as the parable of the sower, but he talked about how, you know, the word of God is like a seed that falls on different kinds of soil, and at first it falls on this 
path that's hardened and immediately the birds snatch it up. So it never has a chance to take any root. Then it falls on uh, rocky soil and it sprouts up quickly, but the roots never go deep because the soil is rocky. But then it also falls on the thorny ground. It falls among the thorns or the weeds and it grows up and it appears like it's going to be producing fruit at some point, but eventually the weeds all around it choke the life out of it. And then finally, the fourth one is it falls on good soil and it produces a crop. So Jesus said, this is pretty much the human heart. This is, this is what happens with certain people. So the word of God comes and before it can ever take any root at all, the devil comes and snatches it away. So a person hears it, they're kind of you know, in, intrigued by it, but before they can even move in the direction of, of starting to maybe embrace it, the enemy comes and gives them 10 reasons why, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to think about that. You don't want to go there. You don't want to be one of those weird people. You know, all of those kinds of things, boom, it's snatched away. It's gone. But then there's the next one. Jesus said, well, this is the person who hears it and it sounds so good. Wow. God loves me and I can have my sins forgiven and I can go to heaven and that, that all sounds so great and uh, God will be for me. Okay, I'm gonna believe that. But then difficulties come along. Trouble comes our way. Persecution because of the word. Somebody comes along and says, oh, what, you believe in Jesus? What kind of idiot are you? That's stupid. You shouldn't believe in that. There's no proof for that. Don't you know that none of that's true and, and we don't want you, you know, part of our group anymore if you're gonna believe that sort of thing. It's like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. And so that person just drifts right back in to where they were before. They, there's no real root that takes place and they, they don't progress anywhere beyond that. They fall away, Jesus said. And then there's the third one. And this is the one that is, is the most commonly noticed, I think. The first one, we might not even know it's happened because it kind of takes place just within the, you know, the person's own experience. The second one, we might have an opportunity to see somebody that, hey, you know, they showed up temporarily. They were here. They were excited. But, you know, a few weeks later, they were gone. We never saw them again. But then there's the ones that seem to take root and sprout up and they look so promising and you're waiting and you're looking and you're watching, but instead of the fruit coming, suddenly other things start to come in and take the priority. And Jesus said that the third, the one that fell among the thorns and was choked out, he said, this is the one who receives the word, but then three things, the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things, they come and choke out the word. So it never produces fruit. You see, that's what happens. And that is what leads to this condition that the writer is warning about, this dullness of hearing. There was once a sharpness. There was once uh, a, you know, they were, a person was very much in tune to God's word and God's spirit, and they were receiving from him, and they were making spiritual progress. But then the cares of this life, just the busyness of life. 
just, well, I've got to do these other things and this is important and I've got these other obligations and well, you know, we need a break and we need a vacation and all of these kinds of things, all of which are realities that we all deal with, but they're always there trying to take over. And some people let them take over the cares of this life. Instead of entrusting those things to God, instead of depending on God, they're depending on themselves and they end up never really progressing. But then there's the deceitfulness of riches. And this is a huge one. The deceitfulness of riches. People thinking that, well, I, I, need, I need more. You know, I need a better income. I need a bigger home. I need a faster car. I need what, all of those kinds of things. I'm, I'm going to be fulfilled if I can get richer. The deceitfulness of riches. And I love just the way Jesus phrases that. The deceitfulness of riches. Why does he put it that way? Because riches fool you. They fool you into thinking that this is how you get happy. There's tons of people that think that, right? Man, if I just had more money, I'd be happy. Well, people with the most money in the world are not happy for the most part. So that's it. The deceitfulness of riches. The desire for other things. Just this thing where you just, you know, you start to desire other things in the heart. Oh yeah, you know, Bible study, reading the Bible, devotions. Yeah, you know, that's it kind of, after a while it gets a little bit old. Your heart starts to, to disengage from that. And that's how this, this dullness of hearing sets in. You know, it's interesting from the, a musical standpoint, for example, you know, if you have any musical inclination at all, you, you know that you can develop your ear to a point where you can become highly sensitive to tones and sounds and notes and chords. And, uh, you know, that, that happens just like it says here with the word. It happens through reason of use. The more you put yourself in that place to have to listen. When I was young and just learning to play guitar, I did not even know back then that you had to tune a guitar. <laughs> it's like, glad somebody finally told me that, you know, it's like, I was wondering why this didn't sound quite right. But, you know, so, okay, that's step one. You figure out you got to tune this guitar and, and still, okay, you know, you got to tune it, but well, how do I tune a guitar? Well, you start, you know, maybe you get a tuning fork and you hit it and there you've got the, the tone of, you've got E and you tune according to that and so forth. But then, you know, you, you start to get, my point is you start to get familiar with what that sounds like. You know what an E note sounds like. You know what an A sounds like. You know what a G sounds like and so forth. And, and so you, you, and the more you subject yourself to that, the more you put yourself in that place, you develop your ear. You, you grow and you learn. So the moment you pick up your guitar and you hit an E chord and your guitar's not tuned, you know it immediately and you know how to remedy the problem. You know which string needs to be tuned. And as you consistently do that, you become more and more attuned. You become more and more you know, sensitive to those sounds and you become more capable and competent musically. But then if you neglect that, 
you have the same sort of a situation where what happens is over time, you once again become dull of hearing. You become dull of hearing through neglect. And so here I am today, if you brought me your out-of-tune guitar and asked me to tune it, I could get it close, but probably better get just a tuner yourself and, you know, <laughs> an automatic tuner. Because my ear has become dull from lack of use. And this is the, the idea here. A lack of subjecting ourselves to God's word with the intention of letting it impact our lives will cause us to become dull of hearing spiritually. So to avoid this dullness of hearing, I have got to, as it says here, I have got to exercise myself in this area by reason of use. So the more you use that ability to hear, the more fine-tuned your hearing becomes. The more you use that ability that God has given you to hear his word and to apply his word in your life, you know what happens? The more sensitive you become to the spirit. And what also happens is you, you start to grow deeper and, and to understand and see things that you didn't see before. And that's what the author is saying to these guys. I want to take you somewhere. I want to show you things about Christ that you haven't seen before. I want to show you this priesthood according to Melchizedek. But you guys, you're not in a place to, to be able to receive it. And, you know, for some of us today, God would be saying something similar. You know, I want to show you things. I want to take you deeper. I want you to know me better. I want you to experience me in a greater way. But you, you're not there because you've become dull of hearing. So what do we, we've got to do? We've got to do what he's suggesting here. We've got to exercise ourselves by reason of use. We've got to put ourselves under the authority of God's word and subject ourselves to it and let it have that presence in our life that it needs to have. And with the determination on our part that we're going to not just uh, read it to figure out, uh, you know, in intellectually what it says, but in order to apply it to our situation. And as we do that, that's where progress is made. So Jesus said this, he said, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear for the one who hears to them more will be given. So take heed how you hear. As we subject ourselves to God's word, as we open his word, as we study it together collectively as a body, whether it's here Sunday morning or any one of the different gatherings throughout the week, or as you personally gather maybe in a, a home group or something like that and study, or even more so as you open it up on your own and you're taking the time and saying, God, you know, speak to me. The more you do that with a heart, that's saying, Lord, I want to learn this so I can apply it and experience the transformation. The more you do that, the more that indeed will happen. You will begin to see things that you haven't seen before. You'll begin to get a new perspective on things. You'll, you'll get fresh understanding. You'll, you'll be able to go 
places in God's word and, and connect things that, that you hadn't been able to connect before. And again, this isn't just so you got all this cool information in your head, but these things, as all of these dots connect, and as we go deeper, these impact our lives. These transform us from the inside out. These give us hope and peace and joy and, and all of those things that we need as we make the journey through life. And so as we close today, let's remember these things. God expects us to make spiritual progress and progress is linked to knowing and doing his word. And if you've become dull of hearing, which is possible that you have because we all have become that at certain times. And the problem is not merely to become dull of hearing. The bigger problem is to, once we're there, to fail to do what we need to do to reverse that, to remedy that. So if today you're, you're listening, you're saying, yeah, you know, that's me. Even, you know, reluctantly, you have to admit that. Yeah, that's me. Okay, then know this. God has a remedy for that. He wants to turn that around. It, just like I was using the illustration with the music. You know, if I decided today, okay, for the next six months, I'm going to play my guitar every day. I'm going to go through the scales every day. I'm going to, you know, go through a tuning exercise every day. Six months from now, I would be much more proficient at playing my guitar than I am right now. And so likewise, as you say today, Lord, I am going to subject myself to your word. And I am going to expect that, that you're going to soften my heart. You're going to renew my capacity to hear. And you're going to bring that transformation. And I'm just going to put myself in that place for you to do that consistently, daily. You're, you're going to find six months from now, you're going to make progress. But listen, one final thing. Sometimes to get started is the biggest challenge. To get started is the biggest challenge because maybe you've lost the habit. Maybe you've lost the habit of, of just, you know, personally seeking the Lord and you're going to have to discipline yourself to get back into it. But work through that initial stage. Don't, don't be discouraged because it might not come as easily as you would like it to. And I'm going to keep using this illustration of the guitar. You know, if I decided today that I was going to do that, you know what? For the next three weeks, my fingers would hurt like heck. That's what happens when you start playing notes and going through scales and all that, your fingers get raw and they ache and your hands tired because it's not used to gripping your neck on your guitar. And, you know, you have to just go through this, this season in order to restore those things. And my point is this, you know, a little ways into it, you can be tempted to just say, oh, forget it. I don't even care. It's too painful. And, and we might be tempted to do the same thing. Well, you know, I'm not making progress and this is so difficult and, you know, you're out of spiritual shape. Ask God to give you the grace to press through that, that initial season because there's a promise of blessing that, that is awaiting you on the other side. Don't let the initial difficulty discourage you. God will give you the grace to push through and you on the other side will be blessed because through reason of use, your senses will be exercised to discern good and evil, to choose the good. And of course, as we choose to do the good, 
the blessing is there. Blessed is the man who delights in God's word, meditates in it day and night with, again, the idea of practicing it. That person is going to be blessed. For the month of February, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. Isolation, distance, and conflict during these trying times have caused countless people to feel lonely and depressed. But for the Christian, the friendship of Jesus reaches even our deepest loneliness, and we can allow darkness and despair to drive us directly to Him. And when we come to Him, Jesus is able to match our every need with His mercies because He moves towards us with compassion. If you or someone you know needs to know the heart of God, you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Hebrews. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.